It's 12 Enough, Season 12, Episode 6, with your host, Jonathan Malone, and guest host, Derek Carlson. Enough is a podcast about Christian faith and culture in the modern age. Your host, Jonathan Malone, is the pastor of the First Baptist Church of East Greenwich, Rhode Island. Eric Carlson is a, is a teacher, professorial teacher, at a high school in Warwick, Veterans High School. He teaches English. This podcast is brought to you by Prolonged Anticipation Anticipation And by Car Keys Organically made Sounds of Car Keys And we're back those are sloppy sponsors. I'm owning it. I'm, I'm, I am owning it. Those sponsors were sloppy. Um, maybe I'm getting tired. It's been a, a long summer. I've been doing the um, evening, the kitchen table spiritualities, evening devotionals with Charlie Eastman, and that's been fantastic, but it's made, um, it's made it a little harder for me to get to these other episodes and to record them. And then coronavirus, that's a thing. I'm going to use that as an excuse, and it's somewhat legitimate. Um, and other things, life happens. Life is still happening, even in, uh, with all else that is happening. So my sponsors got sloppy. Sloppy sponsors. I hope you all uh, will forgive me for that, and um, you will still listen. I hope you still listen, because this next episode, this episode, not the next one, this episode is great. I mean, it's Tony the Tiger great. It's amazing great, because you get to hear... Bits and pieces of punk music. I I grew up I grew up uh, listening to a certain kind of music, jazz, classical, and then I got into my college age years. I'm not going to say what I was into then, but I never was into the punk scene. Well, Eric's been on before, and we had this great talk about Mountain Goats. It was fantastic, and I. Um, remember, say asking him like, tell us about punk music. Well, here we here it is. So Eric came on. This was in the beginning of the summer, before the school year even ended. So I saw, apologize, it took so long to do this, but he introduced me to some wonderful punk songs, some bands, some ideas behind them, and we get into the spirituality, and it was just a fantastic episode. And I hope you really enjoyed this this conversation I had with Eric Carlson about faith, spirituality, feeling good crocheting sweaters, hugging kittens, and punk music. That's still not the right voice for punk music, is it? It's not punk music. It's punk! Oi! Or something. You know what? I'm not going to try. Let's just listen to the episode. I'm here with Eric Carlson. Eric's on his second time on the show. He's the uh, English teacher, although English is not really saying all that he teaches. It's more than just how to talk and write. Uh, at Pilgrim High School in, in the great city of Warwick, Rhode Island, founded in 1673. I, don't, I made that date up. I have no idea when it was, Warwick was founded. I was going to say, wow, 
That's even, I think, before before, before <laughs> Roger Williams came here. We're an uh, old city, Eric. <laughs> I, uh, Warwick is a city that's always been before its time. Well, I've got some stupid history for you. This is true. Okay. Roughly 105, 106 years ago, West Warwick was part of Warwick. Oh. And it was, um, it was with... the money-making section. They had oh. all the industry. Yeah, they had uh, the mills. Yep, the mills and uh, the soap factories and all that stuff. And they said, you know what? We're done with the rest of Warwick riding our coattails. We're out of here. And so oh. they split. And for those yeah. who know the difference between now between Warwick and West Warwick, there's an ironic chuckling. Yeah, there, there's a few people, I think, trying to figure out how to get back. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's over. We took it far enough. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, it's, it's, you thought we were serious? Yeah, right. No, no. <laughs> I was hoping you would say it was over the Civil War and they were the one part of Rhode Island that was like, no, oh, we think man. slavery could, should be kept on. No, but, there's another stupid thing, which is Rhode Island was at war with Connecticut. Uh, that prior seems, to the Civil War. That seems appropriate. And then the Civil War interrupted it. And I want to say it was never resolved. Oh. I want to say on the books, we're still at war. Good. Um, I, well, but, for those who have driven you know, in Connecticut, you, <sighs> yeah, you really get the feeling that Connecticut's at war with everyone. And yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And that's, Connecticut versus everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's so far for me the worst state to drive in. That bar none. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no. Ninety-three miles of garbage. Yeah. yeah. Take that, Connecticut. Go ahead. Respond. Let yeah. us know. <laughs> Balls in your court. <laughs> well, Eric, it's great to have you back. Um, we, you know, it's for those who don't remember, shame on you. Eric helped me uh, learn about the mountain goats. Uh, and that's been wonderful. Yeah. And, and now I've, I, you know, some of those songs are in my, my, my standard rotation. And, uh, and when I, uh, when, when we talked, I also mentioned Eric's podcast, uh, cut X cut, which, yeah, you've been doing some great quarantine mixes. I've really been enjoying those. <laughs> Thanks. So thank you. Yeah. For those. Single cow stampede. Yeah. That's fan- It's <laughs> everything about it is clever and good. <laughs> uh, people really go check out that podcast. It's, it's a great, great podcast and there's some great playlists on there. Uh, but you mentioned that, uh, you know, you are, uh, someone who is well-versed in the school, uh, of punk, um, or the, the, the music genre of punk. Now, I want to remind you that the very first album that I ever purchased, and people remember their first albums in this LPs, records mm. for the kids. Uh, the very first one that I got was uh, Sing, Sing, Sing with Benny Goodman. <laughs> I, and I want to share awesome that. Awesome album. So, yeah, oh, it's a great album. Oh, no question. But uh, just to get a sense of the kind of person I was growing up. Uh, so I was not deeply ensconced in the punk scene. Um, you know, in college, I, I did my fair share of listening to Beastie Boys and Primus and, you know, um, you know, those kinds of bands. Um, yeah, you know, sure. Fishbone. I, I actually went to a Fishbone show. That was fun. You know, that kind of stuff. And they I did terrific. see. Absolutely. I did get to see Dead Milkman. They came to our campus and played and a great show. But I, I never would claim to be someone who understands or knows or can speak with any authority about the punk scene so i'm really thrilled to be educated during this uh in this time this is um so i think my my immediate disclaimer is uh i do a lot of 
I teach a course on pop history and pop music. Nice. Um, so a lot, so I do have, you know, um, I do have a background in being more, uh, educational about punk Mm -hmm. and using it as a teaching standpoint. But yeah, I also grew up, um, and, and punk along with a lot of other, you know, genres is extremely contentious. I would say it's right up there with, with probably country music in terms of, Mm. uh, everybody thinking that their period in punk was, punk and everything else wasn't (laughs) right Uh, right. so when you listen to country people are always like uh, just by way of example people are always like well that's not country this is country and you're like well why they have horns they have auto tuning well the carter family was just guitar and you know fiddle so anything that's not that you know what i mean right right so when we talk about punk there's the belief that some people hold that you know, it was like Iggy and the Stooges mm-hmm. and the MC5 and a lot of stuff coming out of Detroit, uh, a lot of stuff coming out of New York. Okay. And uh, then, you know, in the uh, early, early 70s, you know, you got your Ramones and and then, uh, you know, then you have the, the British stuff uh, with, you know, the Sex Pistols and the Damned right. uh, and the Clash. People saying, no, no, that was really the start of punk. So. For intents and purposes, let's just put our foot uh, on the idea that the Sex Pistols created the first commercially commercially viable mm. punk album. Fair. Uh, never mind the bollocks is usually where I say, "Yeah, here it is." And there were people, you know, the, the Ramones were selling albums, but it took the Ramones decades mm. to go gold and gold go platinum, despite everybody knowing the Ramones, right, <laughs> no right. one were buying the albums. Uh, so I, I put never mind the Bullocks by the Sex Pistols as that first moment where you had, uh, you know, a manager who pulled together people with right. the intent of being nihilistic, with the intent mm. of being disruptive, with, with the intent of uh, being sort of the middle finger in a very uptight British right. society. Yeah. Um, and, and you suggested I listen to God Save the Queen. Which, yes. Which I did. It's a great, great tune. It great is. And it's, a, it's a great song of one of the reasons why I chose that over Anarchy in the UK. Anarchy mm-hmm. in the UK is, is pretty quintessential. In fact, it's got what could very well be the worst rhyme in all of music history, <laughs> which is, uh, I am an anarchist, I am an antichrist. And it's yeah, just this... that is a bad rhyme. Yeah, it's, oh, it's garbage. It's, and it's so lovingly nihilistic. It's so lovingly anti... Like, we're going to stay at our thesis and make it work, even though it doesn't fit. Right. Um, but what I love about God Save the Queen... Is that God Save the Queen is 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 a satire? Yeah, uh, you know John Lydon once said, or John Rotten, who, who was the singer and writer of it, um, you know, you don't write that song if you don't love the Queen. Um, you know, it's mm. the, the idea yeah. of this is something I love, but it's being corrupted, it's being co-opted, it's being right uh, used in a way that is hurting the very people it's supposed to help. There's a double. Um, there's a double meaning to that title. God save the queen. Right. Yeah. And and to me, that was always the jumping 
and that jumping off and that was always the hook of punk which was it's okay to to love your country it's okay to love your fellow person it's okay to have respect but when those things are co-opted and when those things are utilized by people who don't care who want to manipulate them right that's when you need to to raise the flags that's when you need to to start screaming and yelling and you know standing up for for folks and as a middle class white male that hit me real hard as a kid i was my cousin had come back from london mm-hmm. uh when i was in sixth grade so this is about 87 88 okay i was trying to do some math on it earlier yeah. <laughs> and she brought back um, an Exploited album, a band by, uh, by a band called The Exploited. She brought back Master of Reality by uh, Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And she brought back God, uh, Never Mind the Bollocks by The Sex Pistols. Wow. Wow. And as much as I disagreed with and didn't understand a lot of what was being said, it was, it was the punk that dragged me in. It was like, mm. these guys... You know, the, the musicianship is loud and obnoxious and I'm not really sure they're good and <laughs> the singing is wrong and it's it's whiny and it's 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 the wrong notes and it's just a, it's it's a mess. But there was something about the earnestness. Um you said your first album was Sing Sing Sing. Yeah. Um my first concert was Peter Paul and Mary. My parents oh. were protesters. Yeah. And they were always very clear to say we weren't hippies. We were protesters, nice. you know, like nice. we were fighting. Yeah. Yeah. We, were, we didn't drop out. We engaged. Right. Um, you know, my dad was a, was a CEO, a conscientious objector uh, yeah. in, in Vietnam. Um, it's what drove him into the ministry. Uh, and so what I got very early on was, so this talk about the clash, the idealism and the idea of using music for, for real change. Right. Right. Um, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No. So there's a sense of, you, you used the word nihilistic a couple of times and, and I'm wondering if that really is at the core of, you know, so they, I hear people talk about the punk ethos, which I, mm-hmm. I get right away is that's ineffable concept and and your disclaimer is is right on like whatever we say is going to be the punk ethos there's going to be like 500 people out there saying like that's not it it's this fine right yeah yeah then i welcome yeah or have your own podcast say your own stuff Um, (laughs) yeah because there there does seem to be this real passion um for for some for some very for some values underneath the idea of, of of punk and for me, that nihilism is more of like nothing matters. Uh, we're all gonna, you know, die, waste away. Why, you know, why push? Why do anything? That, that, that's a it's, a, it's an existential stance of just not caring. Right. And that's not what I and hear. And punk is all. No, punk is all about, or for the most part, or the stuff that I gravitated in punk mm-hmm. was all about caring. Um, and to me, it was the caring of people who are so concerned or who are so impassioned by making the world good and making Mm. the world better and seeing, you know, I think it was Joe Strummer who said people can change anything they want to. And that, 
means everything to the world. Like, so what right. do you do when you're the kid who cares amidst a society that you see do- don't seem to care? Right. Um, and, and how do you get your voice out? Well, you become loud, you scream and you yell, uh, you know, in 20 years of teaching, I think I've only ever yelled at kids maybe four or five times because to me, mm. yelling is, um, there's nowhere to go from there after right. yelling is, doesn't work. Right. Violence or, or, or aggression becomes the next step. But for some reason, yelling to and, and you know, you'd go to punk shows and it was yelling on the stage. Right. The people who I tended to gravitate towards were, were politically active. Yeah. Um, they were engaged and they were yelling at us and in the pit. And, you know, we would translate what we were hearing into that level of violence. Right. Right. Into right. that aggression and anger and you know, high kicking and punching and, and pummeling each other, but yet picking each other up and, right. and, and, and brushing each other off. And if someone was bleeding, grabbing them by the shoulders and, you know, escorting them out of the pit and getting them to the bar area and, and, and fixed up and then going back in. And it was a, it was a way for, I think kids, particularly, you know, the, um, the suburban kids who I grew up with, mm-hmm to unleash a lot of anger. Those of us who didn't feel the pull of organized sports, so we didn't feel, um, the pull of, you know, the cub scouts or boy scouts or other really amazingly productive and beneficial systems for kids to unwind energy Right. for the kids who were on the outside and, and didn't feel connected to that. It, it was the most intellectually stimulating way Mm. (laughs) of, of getting involved. And, and I'm not speaking that I'm trying not to label it as a blanket. You know, right, there were right, a lot of right. punk bands that did like, I love the dead milkmen. Oh yeah. They're fun. But they sang goof songs. Yeah. Uh, you know, for the most part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're just know, a fun, yeah. Silly band. Yeah. Um, and there, there are certainly a lot of them and there's a lot of punk bands that I listen to and you kind of think like, what the, what is going on here? Um, you know, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, no effects, but during, <laughs> during their hate, during the, uh, the Bush presidency, they came out with an album called, um, American Errorist. And it was all mm. these like, really amazing political, you know, uh, fat Mike from it started this thing called not my president and, and did bumper stickers and was really, really active. But in my opinion, everything before and after no effects is sort of this repressed juvenilia, if mm. you will. Yeah. Of. Well, I, I think it like, makes, you know, uh, fart jokes and. Right. <laughs> well, it almost makes, it makes me think of uh, the Ben Fold song, Rocking the Suburbs. Yes. Which, which is a great satire on the self-indulgent aspect of that rebellious place where you could go with punk although i hear that even more like a dig against rage against the machine because i think there's like one blatant rip off of rage lick um yeah in his cover of that but this idea so there's always that danger of the of these middle class um you know suburban kind of you know like kids who are just like i'm just angry because i'm angry you know and you know so that's that's a danger the songs you sent me don't do that they go much deeper 
Uh, and then, well, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, no I was going to say, it's that Marlon Brando from, um, you know, the Marlon Brando motorcycle movie. Uh, oh, you just... The... Oh, it's not... Anyway, the... uh, what do you... It's not Peter, the Peter Fonda one, is it? No. Oh, okay. No, it's... It... But there's that great line, um, what are you rebelling against, Johnny? What do you got? Oh. And I remember <laughs> as a kid thinking... Yeah. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that is just like it's supposed to be rebellious and tough. Yeah. And it is so, so brilliantly stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I get the anger. I just, for me, I've always needed a target. Uh, right. And, and I think that a lot of what I sent you is based on my own per, you know, my own view of what the, those targets are. Um, and to me, those targets are, uh, hate groups. Those are targets yeah. that, um, you know, that, that use, you know, well, let, let's, you know, hey, let's start ahead. with, yeah, let's start with a, a Reagan youth. Yeah. Cause that Great was the first start. Yeah. It was the first one I looked at and, and I saw the album cover. And, and, yes. I, and I was and I was even thinking about this, like, I don't know if I would ever want to own this album. For those who don't know, um, I don't remember the name of the album itself. The song is Jesus Was a Communist, but the album cover has a bunch of KKK members. Um, and maybe the album, and then it also says the David Duke Appreci- Appreciation Society or something like that. Yeah. Um, Reagan Youth was along the lines of, um, in like the Dead Kennedys, Okay. They were a really difficult band to to bring home. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's like nice. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really difficult to 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 um oh crud uh, youth anthems for the new uh, order. Okay, it was a really hard album uh, because the first album, I mean, the first two songs are uh, New Aryans and Reagan Youth. Right. Right. And. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was tough because, but my parents, so my mom, I think I mentioned this last time, but my mom founded a nonprofit which um, works in Rhode Island who um, outfits severely old kids mm. with um, communication devices. Nice. And, and my dad was a very liberal pastor. Right. Um, and so there was never any, how do I say this? There was never any no in my house, it was defend. Right. So, you know, seeing like, I remember my parents seeing like the dead Kennedy's albums that I had and, and, and saying like, uh, what, all right, sell me on this. What is this? Why is it in my house? Right. Uh, right. And it was like, well, you know, and so Reagan youth was the same. It was like, um, all right, mom, dad, the, the they're a narco punks. Well, what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> It means that they are anarchistic, right? They believe mm. that, um, or the belief as far as I've, as I've always taken it was, uh, you know, don't do harm. Like, you don't want to be harmed. I don't want to harm, but I right. want the freedom to do what I will with my life. Right. And I think that that this whole COVID lockdown, one of the reasons I went to, to write Reagan Youth was for a lot of reasons, as you'll see, but one... I think a lot of the people who are saying the no mask stuff are halfway there, right? Like, <laughs> like they want freedom. And I right. get that. 
Right. And that right. makes 100 percent total. sense. we all want for nobody yeah. wants to be told what to do. Like, give me a break. Uh, but it's the I'm not going to hurt you. Right. That they're missing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so for me, anarcho-punk always was about, like, just be aware of what the world looks like around you. You know, like you might joke with one group differently than you might joke with another group. You're the level at which you debate politics might be different with your drunk uncle at Thanksgiving Mm. than it is with your peers in your ninth grade history class. Um, And so, right, just respect and, and understand that everybody wants to make it through the end of the day. Everybody wants to keep going. So, uh, and if yeah. I can respect, go ahead. No, yeah, yeah. So I think so. This song, "Jesus Was a Communist." I'm gonna read the lyrics because they're pretty, yeah. pretty short. Jesus was a communist. Jesus was a pacifist. Jesus was a communist. Jesus didn't like the rich. And then they repeat that a number of times. The last line, uh, Jesus was a communist. Jesus was a pacifist. Jesus was a communist. Jesus saw through your head. It, I, I, you know, I don't remember around when this came out, but if it was like the Reagan years and such, we have televangelists doing their televangelist thing. We have the United States, the CIA, the School of the Americas in Central America. We have Christian, you know, the um, Republicans oh, yeah. mostly backing that up with the rise of the religious right. I hear this as a critique of um, the, you know, the power that evangelical churches were gaining. Uh, yeah. I mean, Reagan youth. So they took their name as an anti Reagan, Reagan platform. I figured mixing yeah. Reagan with Hitler youth and then taking Klan and Nazi um, sort of, um, Visuals, mm-hmm. turning them against uh, the United States. And there's no that they they broke up when Reagan left office. Yeah, you got to uh, wonder what would they do today because there's no subtlety even. Like that's nice, and there's a lot of subtlety in, in what they're doing, and that's fantastic. If it was today, how do you you can't even be subtle? No, no, I think that <laughs> cancel culture would have destroyed. Um, Reagan youth right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, Dave, Dave insurgent, uh, one David Rubenstein, unfortunately, you know, he's dead. He, uh, he overdosed years and years ago, but, um, I think that punk was, punk was about not being subtle, uh, calling it like you see it. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, we often need reminders that Jesus you know, Jesus was a communist, maybe a little too far, but <laughs> he carried much a, of what, he carried a copy of the Communist Manifesto with him. It's right, right, right. It's it's um, in like it's I, near I the Gospel I, of John. He talks about it. <laughs> he says, "Have you guys read this Marx person? He's got some good stuff." You know, here. The working man. Yeah, exactly. But I think I think you start with the ridiculous, right? You yeah. start with the the hyperbole and then you back off Mm -hmm. right so for me growing up and my dad hearing that my dad was like well he's not wrong i mean like jesus hung out with with money lenders and prostitutes and 
he hated people making money off of the church and he was, you know, a middle finger to the Pharisees and he gave the establishment nothing. I mean, his one guy with 12 people, right. You know, trailing behind him. And he was, I don't even care if you say Jesus wasn't the son of God, right? I mean, I believe it, but like, mm-hmm. all right, you don't, not you personally, right, but right, good. rhetorical, you, you don't believe it. Say, fine. They'll, they'll recall my ordination if they th- hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, but here's a guy that <laughs> made such an impact on the, on the world that for some 2,000 years, we're still trying to deal with what he did. Yeah, right. And all he did was go around and say, be good to each other. Yeah. And people are like, well... Uh, did he mean everybody? Like, yeah, right. No, he meant everybody, you idiots. He just had one audience. Like, had he had... Well, he know, even told that, stories that said, I mean everyone. Let me explain yeah. this Good Samaritan story to you. Let me, <laughs> Like, everyone, Thank though? You. Everyone. Really? But what about those yeah. people? <laughs> we don't like do them. Do unto your neighbors as you'd have them do unto you. Do you. Like, he didn't say do unto your neighbors provided they meet this very extrinsic criteria. <laughs> right. Right. So, I mean, I, I hear this. I mean, I hear this as both, a you know, partially at the government, but more this song that Jesus was a communist. Yeah. yeah also yeah, yeah. At, at a church that's so enmeshed with capitalism. And, and mm-hmm. I have heard pastors you know, bend themselves backwards saying capitalism is not a bad system. Capitalism can be very good. Uh, you know, and almost go out of the way to to defend capitalism over democracy. Mm-hmm. And, and both are flawed. Let's let's be clear. Both are flawed systems. Well, but if I had to choose between the two, I would go for democracy before capitalism. But yes, I mean, but Trump's spiritual advisor is. I mean, her whole career has basically been filling in that loophole of it's easier for a rich man to get into heaven than it is a fat man, the eye of the needle, right. uh, as it is a camel, the eye of the needle. It's, it's this, uh, uh apologetic view of, of wealth. I mean, there's nothing inherently wrong with wealth. There's nothing wrong right. yeah. with money. It's, it's how you use it, how you get it and how you view it. Yeah. That, that really dictates, I think, the kind of person you you are. Um, and to me, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, finish that thought. No, I was going to say that to me, that was was all about punk. Was you know, I met a lot of atheist and agnostic punks and skins and stuff over my years. And just mm-hmm. to differentiate real quickly, um, it's a whole other argument. We can edit right. it out if you want to. But the the origin roots of skinhead come from Jamaica. Um, it's only the racists who started to oh. um, appropriate the look and appropriate the, the, the gear and the shaved heads and the right. boots and who weaponized it as a tool for what was at that time um, uh, uh, the front, um, whatever the front was called in England. I forget the Northern yeah. Front or whatever it was. Um, National Front. There we go. Okay. Uh, so, but the kids I hung out with would often say, okay, I'm agnostic or I'm atheist, but their actions were often way more substantially beneficial for society and along the line of ethos from the Christianity as I understood it right. than a lot of the people who I knew who claimed to be Christian. You know, it was like, well, I'm a good Christian. Well, what did you do this week? <laughs> I mean, just, right, right. not comparison, just curiosity. What did you do? 
oh, nothing or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you talk to your punk friends, it's like, well, I went and worked at the soup kitchen for four hours. And, you know, like my neighbor, he's old. And like, you know, a lot of punks used to have houses. Hmm. So like it was cheaper to buy a house than get, keep getting kicked out of the ones you were renting. Right. So kids would pool for six, pool money and, and buy a house. And a lot of the punk houses that I knew growing up and went to and visited were kids like, you know, come back from the community center or kids who help their neighbors or it's like, well, they're old. So I did their lawn for them. Like, you know, their own house was a wreck and falling apart and, de- <laughs> and decrepit, but, <laughs> right. but there was a lot of giving and understanding yeah. of what the community wants and needs. And I think that that takes a level of fighting back against the American dream, right? The American yeah. dream is all about Owning your own, having yeah, individualism, ownership. Yeah, your your own is sort of like a, a great mantra, right? Right. Like own in both ways, what you have and what you, and right, right, what so, you actually possess. I, I think that that brings us nicely to the bad religion song, "Don't Pray on Me." Uh, yes. And I'm glad you gave me two bad, or were there two bad religion songs? Yeah, yeah. Correct. The God song, too. But the, the bad religion song, I mean, what a very different writing style than uh, the young Reagan youth. Uh, that yes. goes, I'm not going to read all the lyrics because it goes for a while. Um, but, you know, it, it starts, well, the way I've heard it, it starts with this diatribe about things that are just kind of falling apart with society in general. But then moving to this is and this is what made me what you were just saying made me think of this. Um, now I I don't know what stopped Jesus Christ from turning every hungry stone into bread. So so the line now I don't know what stopped Jesus Christ from turning every hungry stone into bread. And I don't remember hearing how Moses reacted when the first innocent when the innocent firstborn sons lay dead. Well, I guess God was a lot more demonstrative back when He flamboyantly parted the sea. I mean, this is great writing, by the oh, way. Yeah. You know. Now everybody's praying, don't pray on me. And, and what I hear in that is part of what you're talking about, this idea of you have this ideal in America. And, and this ideal of the, and, and the ideal of America is, is embedded with the ideal of Protestant Christianity. I'm, I'm, I think that's, you know, Christ, you know, Catholicism certainly has its own issues too. And, and it, this is a fantastic uh, criticism of that. You know, if Jesus was so great, why didn't he just feed everyone? Yep. And if and and how come Moses said nothing when all these firstborns were killed? And where's God now when there's all these horrible things? So I don't want your prayers. Yeah, and it's I mean, it, boy, I would really love to play this next time there's a tragedy and everyone says thoughts and prayers. Does, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is this predates that by you know thoughts and prayers by years. I think this song yeah. came out in '93. Yeah. So I mean, it predates thoughts and prayers by well over a decade. Um, well, Greg Graffin is, is unique, I think, in punk in that he is, uh, he's a PhD in oh. zoology. In zoology? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to uh, do something he, with a zoology degree, right? Right. He teaches at Cornell. But <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I, I promise you. I didn't, I didn't do that much research. That's fantastic. He is, <laughs> that is, he is 100% one of the most underrated punks. So he started yeah. out, 
you know, How Could Hell Be Any Worse was the first album. Uh-huh. Uh, then it was Suffer and then Against the Grain. And from the beginning, you know, you'd listen to his lyrics literally with the Oxford English Dictionary next to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is great writing. I am just a sieve through which my anarchy strains, resolving itself into words. You'd be like, oh, a sieve. What is yeah, sieve? Right, right. <laughs> you're like, and you're going through all this stuff. Um, and, uh, and, and so Gaffin was always sort of the most intelligent. And then mm-hmm. when punk started to change and it opened up from, you know, it opened up from being kids being made fun of and, and picked on and, and, and literally assaulted over their, uh, their clothing choices and their music styles as a victim of that, I can test, mm. um, Gaffin rode the wave. And so like when Green Day broke through and punk became popular and mainstream, right. More so, uh, than like the clash or, or sex pistols, um, Bad Religion was still able to maintain mm-hmm. uh, and they were still able to hold up and appeal to everybody. But he wrote a book with a guy named Preston Jones, okay, who is a, uh, a, uh, a preacher. So uh, and the book is called Belief in Good, Belief in God, Good, Bad or Irrelevant. A professor and a punk discuss science, religion, naturalism and Christianity. Wow. Um, yeah. And in. 2008, Gaffin received the uh, Rushdie Award for Cultural Humanitarianism from Harvard. Holy cow. Yeah. So he's not a slouch. Um, Punk has a lot of uh, Milo from the Descendants and all, because I'm sure there's people, if they know, they're like, well, what about Milo? Yeah. I mean, he's got a PhD as well, and he's also a professor. Uh, But I loved... So for Gaffin, it was evidence is my guide, right? He was all about um, he would say that he's not an atheist. He's right. a naturalist. Right. Okay. Uh, and, but what I loved about bad religion more than any punk band, uh, was that I, they made me think about what I believe, right? Here's the yeah, music that yeah. I thoroughly enjoy and I love, and it sounds good. I mean, I was in ninth grade when I got I had a friend who had moved from uh, a punk who had moved from uh, California to Rhode Island, a kid named David Watts. And he was kind of like a God because uh, he was in California and he had his oh. pulse on everything. <laughs> and uh, he had this cassette of Suffer and it was side A was on both sides. So it passed around all the punks in the school right. and everybody had it memorized. And then the album came to the East Coast and we could buy it. And suddenly it was like it's a other side there's more songs (laughs) we all felt so betrayed uh nice but it was it was listening to things like um i don't know if the millions will survive but i'll believe in god when one and one are five Hmm. uh that really made me question like i i don't agree with where this guy is coming from but i agree with what ultimately he's saying you know about um, yeah, you know, about anti, you know, about being anti-racist, about being anti-government, about being pro-human and pro-empathy um, and pro-understanding and just give up the trappings of punk, give up the look, give up the leather jackets, give up all that stuff and worry more about 
the message. Right. Right. And I think that if we were to divide punk in its most basic, basic format, there are the people who care and the people who play dressed up. Mm. And to me, that's always been the difference. And I think that's the difference in a lot of things. Well, I think you could say that about the church for sure. Exactly. And that is, to me, what I always loved about Gaffin was here was something that I, it's not a belief I hold. I don't, Mm -hmm. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. Uh, And I'll throw in the Holy Ghost in case he's feeling neglected. Yeah, yeah, just to be safe. Good idea. These are the things that, that are of value and are important as a structural base for me. To hear someone say, I don't need that, but I can still end up at the same right. location you are, right. was something I didn't hear a lot in suburban Rhode Island in the, nine, in, in the late 80s, early yeah. 90s. And I think now and we, so, yeah. I mean, I think now we could say is that suburban Rhode Island has become the epicenter of the cultural movements of our youth in America. Yeah, yeah, of course, you know, uh, yeah. it, it's, it's for everybody. <laughs> but it was being challenged. It was, it was, there was a lot of strength and there was a lot of self-discovery in saying, yeah, um, this stands against a lot of my internal beliefs but I still love what he's saying and I still love hearing it. Yeah. And to this day, Gaffin, you know, put out an album and it's still, it's still challenging. It's still a great way to look at the institution of the church. Um, Mm. you know, uh, you know, I, I think you're right. Like that whole line of, I don't know what stopped Jesus Christ from turning every hungry stone into bread. I never thought of that before. Like, why, why don't you just feed everyone? Stop there. So yeah. I think um, just to keep uh, to weave into yeah. um, God's song, also by Bad Religion, um, has a, another great. I mean, it just just kind of folds in nicely. Um, in the in the second verse, has that great the great line. Um, now all we see, religion is synthetic frippery. Boy, that's good. Um, unnecessary right? in our expanding global culture efficiency, and and to be calling out religion as you know something that is. Only is it's it, it's 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 an inch deep. Is how I yep. read that. It doesn't really offer anything with depth. Um, you know. So and I, to start out with, yeah. And to start out with, and did those feet in ancient times, you know, trod on America's pastures of green? Well, I mean, it starts out by quoting a hymn, right? It's, it's right, right. It's knowledgeable. It knows. The song knows. Hence, Gaffin knows exactly what it's arguing. This yeah. isn't God sucks, God's dead, God's not real from somebody who's never opened the Bible. This is a studied person. And did that anthropocentric God, like, right. I mean, there's, there's a 13 year old Eric or 16 year old, I think when this album came out, but this is a 16 year old Eric trying to figure out what the hell anthropocentric means. Yeah. So I can understand if I agree or if I don't agree with it. Right. Um, you got, so you got to look that up. And, and then the next line, waned with their thoughts and beliefs all unseen, uh, which is – all right, I'm going to get a little geeky with the, theology for a little bit. That's, for, that's Feuerbach all over. And Feuerbach was this theologian that says God is a projection of what it is our desires are. So this idea huh. that we, we've created God and that's, that's what I hear in this. Uh, yes. Um, Oh, no, I was going to say, getting back to, to, to frippery, right? Yeah. The idea that 
you know, religion for a lot of people is just, as I said earlier, just a really fancy dress that they wear. It's something they feel or that allows them to sleep at night. Right. You know, I'm religious. I'm, I believe in God. Therefore I'm good. My upbringing was always, you're not good. It's easy to say you're good. It's really hard to be good. You're a good Lutheran um, in that sense. That that's good Lutheranism right there. I, like I said, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> slavishly, you know, my dad, uh, always wanted, um, you know, the, the, the Lutheran seal as, uh, as a tattoo. <laughs> I think at some point, once, once this whole lockdown ends, I might go see my local tattoo artist yeah. in memory of my dad. But, um, well, let me know. Yeah, my, I'm, I'm ready for another tattoo as well. So we can, Oh, good. We can overwhelm um, them with religion in the tattoo parlor. <laughs> he would love it. Honestly, he would love it. Um, so the thing with punk that I'm, that I'm hearing is, is that there's a necessity, I think. So here's the, the claim I'm going to make. Uh, it, the, at least the kind of punk that you've introduced me to, there's an ascent, there's a necessity for church folk to listen to it, and and maybe not the musicality part. It's not for everyone. I love this the music, and I'm going to get into it more. It it it. I don't know why I hadn't didn't get into it earlier, um, but the critique and the the cutting aspect of that critique, uh, and because if you can't hear that. And hear it without getting defensive, but rather hear like, oh, yeah, actually, you have some good points. Um, then you're not really if you're a leader, I don't think you're doing your I don't think you're doing any service to the organization you're leading to the, the church you're leading or you're, that you're a part of. I mean, these critiques are real. And that's that's part of what I hear. And to hear underneath it, not just this kind of like, what are you rebelling? What are you rebelling against? But what have you got? But rather. We care about people so much and we see religion hurting people that we have to speak out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would agree with that yeah. 100%. Yeah. So I mean, um, so, I mean that for me, the spirituality of, of, of punk, because that's what I brought that up. And, you, and I, you know, in, our, in our correspondence, you're like, I'm having a hard time. I, this is, so if I was to mandate um, coursework for seminarians, people trained to be pastors, I would say you need to do a semester on punk music because it's oftentimes in seminary, you know, you have these people who are, you know, either they're young in age or young in ideas, but they're idealistic. They're ready to just get out there and lead a church, but they're also has the sense of like, I know we can do better. Right. You know, that's yeah. that, you know, which, which is an important part. You give this to someone who's been, you know, someone like me who's been, you know, serving churches for 20 years and now I'm just old and, and tired and I'm, I've given up and, you know, you know, that's the kind of persona I try to carry now. Like, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> just that's whatever. Good. Just it's yeah, about the paycheck, that, that kind of thing. But for those who are yeah. still young and idealistic, this kind of this level of passionate critique, I think, helps to articulate what it is that's wrong. With, with where it is they're headed. And I think it's hard to hear. We, we operate so well in bubbles. Yeah. Um, and I think it's hard to hear somebody, you know, now let's just go back to Gaffin for a second. Mm-hmm. It's hard as hell to hear somebody who's unbelievably intelligent and very well read. Uh, knock what you love. Yeah. Um, and, and go to push holes in it. And I think one as a Christian standing up for yourself and saying, that's fine for what you believe. Here's the path I've chosen for myself. But then the most important is that Socratic why, Yeah. right? Why do I feel this way? Well, 
I believe that Moses probably was horrified by, right. you know, by right. the murders. I yeah. believe that the Bible has a lot of poor storytelling. Mm. Um, you know, the Bible has, has left out a lot of the parts that make it really human. Um, you know, and, you know, I can't imagine Joseph upon hearing Mary was pregnant was like, yeah, cool. Right. Um, I imagine there was probably some, well, we need to really sit down and talk about this going on. And even, even after the dream, be saying like, wait, really? Is this? How yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, it's not adding up, but, but it's the belief that we hold that yeah. says it was, we fill in a lot of the gaps and you're right. We fill in a lot of the gaps the way that we want to perceive it. Right. But we tend to fill it in with, with human, humanity being its best in these dire situations, right? Right, right. Um, and so to have somebody without getting defensive, as you said earlier, is key. Yeah. Because, you know, if you get defensive or if you say, well, I don't agree with this, so I'm not listening to it, you're closing off a perspective, uh, and yeah, I'm not going to convince Gaffin to be a Christian, and he's right. not going to convince me to be a naturalist. Right. Uh, it's just not where we're ending up. Yeah. But what else do we have in common is this this need to fix things and this need to understand things. Right. That is that is almost a violent need without actually hurting anybody. I don't I don't get pleasure from making other people feel bad. I don't enjoy it. Um, I don't try to do it ever. You know, mm. I try to avoid it as much as humanly possible. That's good. But there are times when you have to just say, you know, forget this and you need to throw, you know, take the gloves off and take, take the five minutes that you're going to get off the ice because there comes a time. And if I can do that with my brains, mm -hmm. uh, I think Johnny Rotten once said, I'm not good with my fists. I'm not good with violence. I have words. And, right, right. And that's what I'm going to use. Um, and, and so and this, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I, no, 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 no. I just, I'll finish it with that. But yeah, I, I think, you know, when we started this and I'm going to start to, to bring us to a close as well. And um, I've been saving this last song cause I think it, I've got a great closer for that. This seems to me, uh, it's a, just a different form of folk music. 100%. Yeah. And, and folk 100%. in that, in that, you know, Woody Guthrie, Pete Seeger, you know, the protest, and, and what this is, it's tapping into a, a kind of rage that is real mm -hmm. um, and that is necessary. Now, I did not look to see if there is Christian punk. I, I would not be surprised if there is. Now, if it's mm -hmm. good Christian punk, I would be shocked because most Christian hyphenated music is horrible. Uh, so can we can we put a caveat there, though? Yeah, go ahead. Amy Grant. Amy Grant is awesome. All right, I'm Amy gonna, Grant. I'm gonna let you stand in your own corner on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, she's. I, I guess got, yeah. I mean, we could put Stephen Curtis Chapman and Michael W. Smith all in that same. Lost, lost and found. Uh, weren't, aren't they a, a contemporary? I think they're a contemporary Christian. Eric, you're uh, you're uh, you're losing credibility. <laughs> oh man, I, I think I cast a very wide net, and sometimes that comes back to tangle me up. Um, <laughs> But I'm going sorry. Back yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Going back to the Guthrie thing. Yeah. Uh, Joe Strummer. Um, well, Joe Strummer used to tell people to call me Woody. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, his whole yeah. thing was like he wanted to be the new Woody Guthrie. Right. Uh, and eventually he was like, no, I got to be Joe Strummer. But right. that's what he uh, that's what he kept with. 
Uh, so, so there's a necessity to this music. So, and the, the, the last song that you want to lift up is the um, Embrace, Do Not Consider Yourself Free. Yes. And, and I think this is the one, you know, I like taking secular songs and bringing them into the, the worship and bring them into my worship context when it's appropriate. You know, a couple Sundays mm-hmm. ago, I did Stevie Wonder's Higher Ground. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And it was Ascension Sunday. So I thought, well, that that just makes sense. Um, you, know, it, you know, when it works. This is a song that I think can be read. Um, it may be not played depending on where you worship and how you're going to, you want to be able, people still be able to take it in um, and hear it. But this is a song that can and probably should be brought into a worship context um, in this time, especially when we're in the midst of disparity because of the COVID-19. Um, mm-hmm. We're in the midst of more black men being killed by, by police. Um, we also have things going on in Hong Kong and China. I mean, there are a lot of ugly things happening in the world. And this song says, you know, you have, if you are not angry, uh, then something's wrong. One hundred percent, and this is a song from you know '87. Um, wow! So, so just real quick, Ian Mackay um, is awesome. Uh, I interviewed him a few years ago when I was putting together my course on pop culture. I reached out to him and said, mm-hmm. "Hey," and he said, "I don't do phone interview. I'm not going to do a phone interview, and I don't do email interviews. Come down and visit." Oh, so I went down nice. to DC and I got to spend a day with him at wow. the at the Minor Threat House or the Discord House, which yeah. is um, huge in punk rock. Anyway. Uh, Ian um, is the I, I don't, the things that are ascribed to him he doesn't say yes to right okay. so it's that that same kind of thing like so he founded this music called straight edge music uh, yeah straight edge is is a very strict way of living you know no no drugs no booze no smoking no non monogamous sex like all of this stuff right. Um, and when he started, it was just, I'm going to sing about what I see, right? Mm-hmm. I don't like going to parties. I don't like drinking. I don't feel comfortable doing this stuff. And so as a result, he ended up inventing hardcore punk, which was um, punk that didn't need to look tough, right? Hmm. It's not a dress-up thing, but it's a commitment thing. Yeah. Um, getting rid of the nihilism and self-destruction, being hardcore, in other words, Strictly adhering to punk ethos of make it better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so he gets credit for straight edge and hardcore. Embrace is the first emo band. Okay. Uh, and there are people who argue this back and forth, and I could go off for another hour on hmm. it, but the initial part was like really pouring your feelings, not just screaming about something, but really being emotional with it, really mm-hmm. pouring your feelings into a punk song, uh, making them almost like please. P-L, you know, E-A-S. Um, and then his next band, Fugazi, would be post-hardcore. Oh, so okay. everything he's ever done has has turned to gold. I mean, he's just 
he's such a keen mind. He's such an intelligent man. He's such a thinker. Right, right. That Embrace was one album, um, and I happen to think it's some of the best. Yeah. And it was all about don't be trapped in what America wants you to do. Um, you yeah. know, like, and there's that, like, and yes, I'm, you know, to quote, do not consider yourself free. Uh, and yes, I'm scared of being hurt. And yes, I'm scared of being wrong. But at the same time, my silence will convict me and the evil will carry on. That's- How many 20 year olds are saying to their audience? Right. I'm, yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared of being hurt. I don't want to be, I don't want to throw my opinions out there and have people attack them. I don't right. want, I don't want to, to go down the wrong path and realize I have to double back. But that's how you, that's how you see the world. That's how right. you acknowledge. Right. That's how you learn. You learn from, nobody learns from their successes. You learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Right. And, so, and you learn from failure and you learn from being scared and you learn from being fearful and you learn from saying, I don't or I can't, but right. I'm going to, so <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to have this song playing as the last song. I'm going to, I'm not playing the whole song of, of everything, but this one, hopefully they won't sue me, but I'm going to play out the whole song. Yeah, no, I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt you'll be sued. I think yeah. you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it, I, I think, you know, if, from what you're saying, you know, part of the scary part, if we're listening to punk, um, especially the punk that really critiques religion is your eyes should be open to the places where um, in our history as a church, as, as a movement, we've gotten it wrong, mm-hmm. where we've hurt people. And that can be scary if it's, about, if it's something that you really love and feel deeply about. But we need to do that anyways. So I, I think there's a real place for punk music in Christianity or in conversation with Christianity, maybe in Christianity as well. Uh, I want to encourage our listeners to, you know, if there are good Christian punk bands, please don't send me something about some group that says, you know, what's real punk love and Jesus. That's real <laughs> punk. Don't no, I don't want that. <laughs> please. <Yeah. laughs> uh, you know, good Christian, if they're out there and if they're not, that's OK. I don't expect any good Christian punk bands to exist. But prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. <laughs> well, you'll find bands like 108 and Shelter, actually, who were uh, Krishna punk. And, oh, okay. Well, that's a whole different really thing, espoused. isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Um, I just want to, you know, before we finish off, there's yeah. a, a band that was on Discord Record, uh, a band, the label that Ian founded, um, called Dag Nasty. And one of their reframes, uh, which simply was, what are you going to do? Hmm. Um, and as a kid, that was such uh, a, a profound statement or fa- profound question. Yeah. Uh, so what are you going to do? Um, and it shuts up every argument. You, you, yeah. you know, like this is the, my governor. I don't agree with what my governor did. So what are you going to do? I don't agree with the, what a president is doing or what the church is doing or um, you know, whenever I argue with people who try to convince me that I have to be atheist, they always bring up like, um, the crusades, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like we're still going down to that. Well, come on. Well, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't fought a Turk in ages. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm not responsible for the March of children. Like I, yeah. Right. Um, right. Were mistakes made? Yes. Uh, <laughs> what are you going to do? Right. So right. how do I prove to them? 
how do I prove to people like Greg, how do I prove to myself that I can be religious and, you know, how I can represent, you know, like I don't want people to see me and I don't want to see myself as, as a, as a three wheel Christian, you know, I I don't want to see myself as, as a person who makes these promises at eight o'clock on a Sunday morning and is violating them by, by lunch. Right. That's, that doesn't stand with me. And, um, yeah, I think that, 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 where does punk meet, you know, on that Venn diagram is, is in that middle of, of moral responsibility. Uh, what, you're not going to be like if you're not religious if you're going to be religious and not do anything why bother right if you're going to not do anything and yell at religion why bother right, right. It, it, it's that what are you going to do which is such a powerful uh and evocative state and yes. i think for me the answer has always been uh, I, I i want to be the guy who's remembered you know for not hurting people the guy who's remembered for making things a little bit um you know, better for the folks around me who maybe can't help themselves. So what are you going to do? So what am yeah. I going to do as a person who's in a position? And meme culture and forwarding articles on Facebook. That doesn't cut it. That's not enough. No. No. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, you know. Uh, so I've got to be out there and I've got to be doing stuff. And yeah. even if it doesn't matter to the, the world at large, it comes into that trite, and 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 possibly accurate starfish poem, right? It matters. Oh, to right, matter to this one. That's and I think that that's the scale that that I'll eventually be made on. Um, is is what did I do? Nice. You yeah. Know, um, there's a there's some scripture about that. Matthew twenty five. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. Uh, when I was sick, you took care of me. That's and that's yeah. how they're judged in that. Well, Eric, um, if people want to find you. Uh, they need to be in high school and go to Pilgrim High School. That's the main reason. But that's your first step, yes. Yeah. Um, if, that's, yeah. if that's beyond the realm of possibility for you, uh, for our listeners, uh, Cut, X-Cut Podcast, do you have a website for that? I do have a, a website, x.com, and uh, you can click and see all our old shows on there. Uh, and I believe the, the Gmail address is also on there. So if you want to contact, yeah, you can just uh, leave something on the site and I'll see it. Great, so yeah, cutxcut.com. So, and it's, yes. it is a good show. I, I highly recommend it. I, I love the music that you play on that. You always push me and stretch me, and, I, and that's, that's a lot of fun. So well, Eric, I think that's, that's, yeah, that's the I idea. Do. Thank you very much for the education on punk. We're going to have to find another genre of music for me to learn about. I say we jump into polka. All right. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you very much. Well, there it was, the conversation I had with Eric Carlson. I hope you enjoyed it. I really did. I really enjoyed uh, getting to hear this new music. Well, it's not that new. It's actually kind of old. And I've heard some of of it before. But to really get into it. Anyway, I enjoyed it. I had a great time. I'm still kind of buzzing from the whole conversation and the preparation before and the editing. And yeah, I'm just, I'm living life. I'm, I'm getting the fullest out of each moment. I hope you enjoyed this too. I hope it does cause you to think about um, the ways that we can be present in, in the world. 
If you have comments about this, tell me what you think your favorite punk songs are. Let me know. Uh, you can send those comments to 12enough at gmail.com, and 12 is spelled out. Uh, you can always go to the Facebook page, Facebook slash 12enough. Um, and go to our website, 12enough.com. Uh, there you can find other episodes, blog posts, those kinds of things. Um, those of you who are subscribers, thank you very much. Please do go to iTunes and subscribe and like the show. Write some comments about the show. So important. I need you to say nice things about me. It just makes me feel good, but it also helps get the word out. Um, but those of you who subscribe will know that the Kitchen Table Spirituality has been going on with Charlie Eastman. Uh, but I'm going to continue to try to do these uh, 12 enough episodes when I can. Summer is just kind of tough. So anyway, thank you very much for listening. 12 Enough is a podcast about Christian faith and culture in the modern age. Your hosts were Jonathan Malone, the pastor of the First Baptist Church of East Greenwich, Rhode Island, and Eric Carlson, an English teacher at Pilgrim's High School in Warwick, Rhode Island. The thoughts, ideas, opinions, ruminations, moments of brilliance, moments otherwise do not reflect their families, their friends, their schools, their places of work, their places of residence, or anything else of that matter. They are their own ideas. These are their, this is their podcast. I almost made it. Almost. <laughs>